Welcome to our second segment of this afternoon's program. It's Sunday the 9th of January 2022. It is now 1.51 in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Um, on this segment, we aim to react to uh, Member of Parliament Michael Brown's December 19th statement, in which he alleged that there was an attempt to blackmail and extort him over the allegations against him by an accuser, which ultimately led to a criminal trial at which he was acquitted. Uh, in his statement on December 19, which he made via a Facebook Live, um, well, via Facebook Live video, Facebook Live presentation, uh, MP Michael Brown alleged that a relative of the accuser, and he said that relative was a police officer, attempted to shake him down or settle the matter out of court, uh, as he put it. Uh, he goes into detail about the actions of the accuser and their relative and others, and he alleges a broader conspiracy to destroy him through false testimony and false allegations. Uh, of course, the entire uh, uh, trial issue uh, of MP Michael Brown was highly controversial. It was something many people in Antigua and Barbuda followed uh, from what limited reporting there was on it. Um, so our question this afternoon is what should we make of his latest revelation and uh, how should law enforcement in particular respond? Uh, joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have with us uh, attorney at law, Mr. Colin Derrick. Uh, Mr. Colin Derrick, of course, uh, many will remember, was a senator and a cabinet minister during the Ball and Spencer administration, uh, and then a minister of state. Uh, his portfolios at various times included national security, justice, and public safety. Uh, we're also joined by Dr. George Brathwaite, who is a lecturer in the Department of Government, Sociology, Social Work, and Psychology at the University of the West Indies, Cafil. He, of course, is a former consultant editor at the Caribbean Times. Um, so, just two guests for this segment, and we are going to keep it a brief segment. We have just about half an hour. Um, good afternoon to you, Mr. Colin Derrick. You join us on Zoom. I will ask both our guests to unmute their microphones at this point. Um, good afternoon to you, uh, Mr. Colin Derrick. Are you with us, and can you hear us on Zoom? Uh, perhaps not just yet. Uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, um, can you hear us on Zoom? Hi, good afternoon, um Kiran, good afternoon, Antigua and Barbuda. Good afternoon, um, fellow panelists and Mr. Derek. Good afternoon, Mr. Murdoch. Good afternoon, Mr. Brathwaite. Hi. Hello. Yes, yes, Hi. We, we hear you. We hear both of you loud and clear. Loud and clear. I'm I'm grateful for that. And good afternoon to the listeners of Observer Radio, wherever they are. Uh, Mr. Colin Derrick, I, I wanted to begin with you, uh, and we'll get straight into it. How serious are uh, Mr. Michael Brown's allegations and? Um, what do you think of the way that he sort of laid them out? I mean, it was a Facebook video. Uh, understandably, he has maintained his innocence throughout this entire thing. And so it seemed like um, like he was sort of venting and presenting the situation to um, the public. Of course, he would not have been able to do that throughout the course of the trial. Um, so it, the trial has ended. He had been acquitted. Uh, and he's uh, at this virtual town hall on Facebook, and he presents this 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 version of events, this state of affairs, uh, and makes a number of serious claims, which uh, are quite worrying to many. Uh, how serious do you think uh, what he said was? Well, um, what he said was it was exceedingly um, serious in relation to the administration and the procedures employed by members of the. Antigua and Barbuda Police Force. Uh, we all have to recognize and, and, and understand that Mr. Brown occupies one of the highest offices of state. He is a member of parliament, the highest um, institution in our, in, our, in our state. He's also um, a member of the government. Um, admittedly, during the, the trial, he had to um, stand down um, from being a cabinet member. But as you know, he has been reinstated 
And to that extent, he is directly involved in the governance of this country. Now, when you make allegations as serious as this by a person of his stature, you're really, um, in, in, a, in, a, in a significant way, undermining the confidence, the trust, and the respect that citizens and residents of Antigua and Barbuda have for the police force. So this matter has to be treated, in my view, um, with, 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 with utmost um, um, alacrity. We have to get to the bottom of it. And um, he has come out in public. Now, uh, I have... Um, some reservations as to what has happened here because I, I really don't understand it. I mean, he, 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 as I say, is a member of the government and his, his, his colleagues, both in parliament and those in the cabinet, must be aware of, of, of what he's stating and what he's stated publicly. And um, I can only um, um, suggest that the fact that he went public, um, he may have done it for two reasons. First of all, he may have done it to, to, to emphasize to his constituents and the people at large that he has suffered um, a, a wrongdoing which um, involved certain um, police officers trying to shake him down, which we out in the public have heard rumors of that all the time. We have heard the facts that police officers have, have tried to um, shake down people and um, even influential businessmen sometimes claim that they've been given um, unfounded charges and then had to pay to have these charges dropped. So this is a very serious matter and he's in a position now to, 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 to do something about it because as he claims he has experienced it and therefore um, by him going public like this um, he's probably trying to, to, to tell them look I, I know the pain and I know what you suffered but secondly and, and, and more, more, more um, seriously he may be frustrated that his, his cabinet colleagues are not responding with the urgency to address this matter in which he would, he would have liked it to be done. Um, and the fact that he went and did it publicly in this manner um, suggests that all is not well within, um, with him and his cabinet colleagues as to how this matter should be resolved. Uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, um, do you think it was irregular for him to reveal uh, this information uh, from the matter as he did? Or, or, or of course, what do you think was he within his rights to do so? And what's your general feedback at this point? My general feedback and uh, on this one is that it is alarming. It raises some red flags. Uh, and I'm seeing, not, I'm not looking at Michael Brown uh, in terms of the office he held or, or, or what he's, he's uh, as a legislator. I'm looking at him as a citizen. And I think he has every right to express his views or, or his certainly let's call it perception at this stage in terms of the seriousness of the matter and i think he, the, the, the reason he will go public is because it is something that is serious it undermines law and order within antigua itself and it has the potential to really derail any chance or choices left for citizens to have their rights protected. So it is from that sense that I see it as raising a red flag and I think there must be some form of investigations because he well, he sits again in, in, in the administration, in the current administration. Uh, I, I would 
venture to hope that the prime minister would or, or those that are in authority would seek to have an independent uh, um, panel or, or, or body um, to investigate such. I, 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 I don't think the police alone can do this. And certainly, I think the public relations within the context of the police, they need to be able to give some preliminary statement, if nothing else, either to, to say, well, it didn't occur, or it is possible, and they will seek to further, but something has to be said. It cannot be a matter of silence, because this is something that can affect any and every citizen in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, Mr. Colin, Derek, I, I, I must ask you, um, how, how do you think what he described should be construed? And of course, I'll remind our guests that um, we are precluded from going into the nature of the, 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 the charges that were laid against him. It's, it's sufficient to say that uh, you went through a trial um, and ultimately the court acquitted him. Uh, but, but I want to ask you, how should we interpret the nature of what he said? Because he, he described... Um, the actions of someone he said was a relative of the accuser and someone he said uh, was a police officer. Uh, but that information would have been known to the police in their investigation of him. Uh, it, it, it would have been in trial. I mean, he, in his Facebook video, he revealed quite a lot. He, he spoke about um, that, that actual person being a, a perhaps part of the trial and the, the, the giving of information and so on. Um, so... It just raises a lot of questions as to, you know, how exactly is it, this does not seem to have been throughout the trial an issue for the police. If someone raised a red flag and said, you know, this is extortion happening here, is, is, it, is it simply that now that he has been acquitted, that he is able to present it in this fashion and say, okay, I have maintained my innocence, you see now that I've been acquitted, and now I'm calling this for what I say it is, which I, I say is blackmail. What, what, how should we construe what he said? Well, well, Mr. Murdoch, you have to be very careful here. Um, you're making some serious assumptions. First of all, you're assuming that Mr. Michael did reveal to the police investigators that he was being blackmailed. Um, we have no, we have no, he has not said that he has done that. And um, from the little that I've read, the police have actually asked him to, to supply the, the, the information as to whom the officer was and when did these incidents occur. That is what I saw. So from what I've seen, the police are not aware of which officer was involved of this. Secondly, I think it's very dangerous for us to keep emphasizing that the officer was a relative of the accused because we're not sure either whether the accused was aware that this police officer was doing this nefarious action. I mean, I, I, we can't assume that. We would have to have um, clear evidence of that. Um, it may be that this officer took the opportunity because he was aware of what was going on to try and earn some money for himself. So we got to be very careful about how we how we describe this issue. Um, in as much as he got he was he was acquitted and he was proved to have been innocent, he's quite entitled now to come out and say, "Look, my experiences during this 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 trial, and and the." preliminary to the trial, I experienced some 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 situations which were totally um, um, you know serious and, and, and unlawful and I wish the public to know that these things do happen and they do happen to, to all of us in the society and we wish to have this rectified. Uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, um, uh, would you agree that uh, if a police officer were to have gotten thusly involved in such a matter that uh, in the way that Mr. Brown described, 
um, that from any perspective, from any angle, it would surely be uh, a, a quite irregular for them to do that, a misconduct of some kind, in the way that he described for some for for for, for an officer. Yes, if we and we we are in good, we're taking it in good faith that what he said is accurate, and if we if we come to that conclusion that he is accurate, then it speaks to. It speak. It is a difficult. It is a difficult and complex issue because the police has not made a statement. Uh, um, from all I gather, the most that they've done is requested a statement from Mr. Brown. Uh, I think it will be the interest of the entire society, as Mr. Derek is suggesting, that Mr. Brown supplies the the relevant information so that it can be properly. Um, investigated without, you know, bringing the whole force into disrepute. Uh, I, I know you're dealing with people's careers and uh, you're dealing with the morale within the, the, the police itself. And I think if such allegations are allowed to to, to, to fester, uh, and and particularly if you have other publics coming forward and suggesting that similar has happened to them, uh, it really calls for redress and urgent. And I, I don't think it is something that should be allowed to, to really linger on. Uh, as they say, you got to put up or shut up. And I think at this point in time, to be the seriousness of the allegation, uh, the next step has to be from Mr. Brown to supply such information. Uh, coming back to you, Mr. Derek, um, I mean, you would have mentioned uh, earlier as we were speaking that, uh, you know, it's not the first time, of course, that uh, somebody in society has had an allegation of, of police corruption, police misconduct in some way. Uh, and there have been many instances we've seen uh, where the police have had to, to take action against their own officers, remove them from the force, bring charges against them for wrongdoing. Um, and of course, the police do have a, a, a very open position in that if you if you have... Uh, evidence or, or complaints against police officers you ought to bring them to the force so that of course they can be prosecuted but one of the issues with that has to do with whether or not persons have confidence that the present measures for police investigating police or former police uh, are are secure and things that they can have confidence in now the attorney general steadroy benjamin has twice in the past um, mooted the idea of some manner of independent complaints authority. And, and many people have said that, you know, that would be something surely beneficial, but it's not something we've seen materialize and it's, it's, it's surely not something we've really seen much concrete uh, 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 planning and discussion about from a government perspective. But very often we continue to see different instances of things happening, uh, which suggests that such an authority might be very, very beneficial. What's your take on the need for such an authority, whether or not it's something worth uh, the government's time. Uh, what do you think? Well, um, I, I think that. So let's step back a bit. I don't think that the police force has, in the past, exhibited the sort of um, urgency and thoroughness in investigating complaints, as you were suggesting, um, and therefore I think that 
the public's confidence in the police actually getting to the bottom of this is, is, is very low, in my view. Um, and that has arisen because, as you quite rightly indicated, there have been numerous complaints about misbehavior within the police force, and you have not been able to see any real concrete and swift action being taken to reinforce to the public that the police are really serious about um, dealing with their, their own members. That in itself has built up the call for an independent um, police complaint body. Now, um, so far as that goes, you, when you say independent, you, you must mean it to be independent, not just call it a body and put persons on there who are not independent. So um, we have to, as a society, I think, um, decide amongst ourselves whether we want the sort of independence that where the chips fall, they fall. Um, and not that we want to have um, persons um, determining issues who are not really independent and are, 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 are subject to falling to pressures from various interest groups who would like the decisions to be made in a particular manner. But I do say that um, an independent um, police complaint commission would be welcome. Um, whether we could do it here and, and with the small society that we have, could it be composed of persons from within our society or would we have to bring in persons from outside, say for, for example, um, persons from the University of the West Indies perhaps to come in and, and, and sit on these panels so that you, you have the feeling that there's no internal um, influences on the decisions that are made. So I think as a concept, the independent commission would be welcome, but how you would set it up and how it would operate is another issue. Uh, and Dr. George Brathwaite, um, your take on something like an independent uh, uh, complaints authority. D have you seen uh, um, such authorities anywhere Absolutely. else? Absolutely. Indeed, uh, it is something that is welcome. Um, I think when you tie this to what we see or have seen or heard instances occurring um, within the judiciary and the fact that Colin has just uh, mentioned about that lack of confidence, that distrust between the government and the government and, and various aspects of authority, uh, I, it would be really useful and essential to have an, the, the legislation behind it and certainly put up clearly to the public the criteria for selection on this independent body. Otherwise, that in of itself may become prejudicial or some may appear prejudicial to some and it defeats the whole purpose but i think it is a step in the, in the right direction i know in barbados we've had that discussion on several occasions uh and the bar association also gets involved and and, and there you know there it, it moves slowly it moves slowly but anything that will bring about justice and justice in this sense in protecting the citizens rights uh, and not necessarily the, the, the politician's right. I'm not looking at it in terms of um, Mr. Brown being a politician, but in terms of a citizen, I think can only boost um, efforts to regain confidence and trust and then look to the towards that larger picture of rooting out uh, corruption or certainly minimizing corruption within your various um, state agencies and institutions. Um, coming back to you, Mr. Derek, um... Do you think this issue is likely to fall by the wayside? The reason I ask that is because 
I mean, Antiguan Barbuda is what it is. It's very similar, of course, to many other countries in the Caribbean. But many times people make very serious claims, they make very serious allegations, and that's it. It doesn't really go any further than that. It, it, it doesn't lead to a, a flurry of actions by state authorities uh, or, or any sort of process of accountability or, or anything like that. Many times somebody just says, uh, yeah, this happened and it was corrupt, and then that's that's just the end of it. We just get back to life as normal. Uh, do you think this is? I mean, let, let's be honest. Do you think this is just going to fall by the wayside, or, or do you think you know he might actually? When I say he, I mean Mr. Michael Brown, that he might actually p pursue this to say, look, I want justice because I feel that what was done here was completely irregular and was malicious. Well, <laughs> Mr. Murdoch, by 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 posing the very question, um, you you are clearly um, of the view that um, it will fall by the wayside because of previous allegations which fell by the wayside. Um, you see, in matters like this, it, it requires um, 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 action from those in authority. As Mr. Br Mr. Brathwaite quite rightly indicated, the Prime Minister should be very, very concerned about this matter. It comes on the heels of the Chosky affair. If you recall, Mr. Chosky made allegations that members of the Antiguan Barbuda police force were, were forcibly involved in his abduction to Dominica. And that created a, quite a storm, not only locally, but internationally. Uh, we haven't heard the outcome of that allegation uh, as yet. Now you have this allegation. So the Prime Minister, this affects the security of the state. It's, it reflects our international reputation as a place of law and order. We are a country that depends um, heavily on tourism and also on foreign investment. And when you make allegations that your law enforcement body has individuals who are willing to engage in criminal activities of shaking down, that's a very serious matter. And the Prime Minister, I know, has uh, a, a myriad of, of issues on his plate, quite urgent at this point in time. They change by the hour. But I think that he, he, he has to really look into this. And the minister involved in charge of the police force, which is the attorney general, he too should be, be very active and publicly making statements about this issue and trying to get it resolved. Um, I, as you asked me, do I think it will fall by the wayside? I, I will tell you that I, I agree with that because I have not seen any actions by the Attorney General which would suggest to me that he would want to have this matter resolved in, 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 in a serious way to the satisfaction of the public. It has to be done transparent. It has to, The public has to see that this is being done in their best interest. And um, to date, we have not heard anything from him. I mean, I know he may think that this is, is a little harsh, but he has to appreciate that as a public officer and in charge of the police force, this is a proper and appropriate um, observation of what has happened so far. Mm. Um, at this point, I, I, there's a bit of information that has come to me, um, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to read up just a snippet of it. Um, uh, where someone who who might be in a position, well, not might, but would be in a position to know, uh, has just informed me via WhatsApp that um, the the, the individual Mr. Brown spoke of um, as being a relative, as being a police officer. Uh, this person informs me that that individual, um, supposedly in their conversation, which he referred to in his, in his Facebook post, he, he, he spoke at length about receiving a call and person speaking, um, may not have explicitly uh, spoken about uh, uh, money, but uh, merely have raised the issue of, quote, settling the matter um, and whether or not he was willing to settle the matter. Um, Mr. Derek, I want to ask you on that note, um, in a sort of hypothetical, uh, and I suppose it's a touchy question, but I want to ask it anyway. Uh, if one is looking to settle 
a matter um, of assault or, or any matter, regardless of the nature of it. Uh, but one is looking to settle a matter of a serious offense. Um, how should one go about doing that uh, to ensure that it is seen as legitimate and it is not going to come back to... Um, uh, the, taking the perspective of, of of the complainant here, that it is not going to uh, later on appear um, to be untoward. Should one involve a, a lawyer? Should that be made? Should that be done through an attorney um, and, and not through others? Um, well, Mr. Murdoch, this is a criminal um, offense, and in criminal matters, any any approach like that is totally improper. And the, even the persons attempting to, to seek to make a settlement could be subject to prosecution themselves. And in criminal matters, notwithstanding that persons may privately um, try to negotiate a settlement, that does not prevent or does not stop the prosecution from continuing. What tends to happen, of course, in these instances, the prosecution may take the view that the accuser, if they are, have been subject to a private settlement, may not wish to um, answer truthfully or cooperate with the trial and therefore they feel it would be a waste of public funds to continue with the trial but i can tell you there are instances where certain offenses are so outrageous that notwithstanding if a settlement was made and um, that the prosecution will continue and will proceed to prosecute the person who has committed the crime you cannot have persons committing crimes and and getting away with it by paying their way out yes we know it it, it is alleged it happens. Yes, we know it has happened, but it's improper, it is wrong, and it should not in any way be condoned or in any way um, encouraged. Now, this is a serious um, allegations uh, that were made, and, um, and to that extent, um, as I said, it was improper for anybody to even go and try to say that they were trying to settle this matter. And, um, and, and to that extent, um, I don't think this is something that you should entertain or even try to, to justify. All right, uh, uh, Dr. George Brathwaite, if I could uh, bring you back in, um, uh, uh, just to ask you, uh, and we are drawing down to the end of the segment, we have about three minutes left, um, in terms of the broader issue of uh, uh, raising public confidence in the police force uh, uh, and sort of clamping down on issues of, um, of, 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 of maladministration, well, not maladministration, but uh, mis misbehavior is the word I'm looking for. Uh, what, what should we be focusing on right now? What, what should the government do in the wake of this? This has all been uh, quite public, of course. As I said, Mr. Brown did make his statements yeah. via Facebook. You know, one of the things that I've come on this program and said before, one of the things that I admire about Prime Minister Brown is his normally proactive stance on several different issues. And like Mr. Derek, I would like to think that this would be the type of issue that can be prioritized, given the implications that can arise from it, not only for your um, local um, society, but certainly in terms of your reputation um, regionally and globally. So it has uh, profound negative implications. And it is something that, rightly said again, the Prime Minister, the Attorney General, and there should be pressure, some pressure coming from the Bar Association to get to this matter, because I'm certain, and as y'all have said, there have been allegations before, and unless you're able to at least suppress these types of things from happening and or reduce the propensity for them to occur, 
you would not be getting anywhere. And then the gap between the trust gap within the society would only broaden. So I think it is in, in that sense, from the public's perspective, it, it, you, you have to show that there is some sense of justice. You have to show that your institutions are strong enough to withhold even those things that would attempt to deflate it. And at the same point in time, I think there has to be a certain uh, level of ethics and morality that must exist, particularly within the, um, the, the, the whole focus of law and order. And I think it is, is highly important particularly in an age where we are seeing all types of manipulations and stuff going on on social media and stuff, I think it is highly essential to have uh, to have matters like this really taken care of. And, you know, straight from the beginning, the Prime Minister must lead on this particular issue. And he's already um, placed Mr. Brown back in the cabinet. So Mr. Brown is, is a legislator. These are the types of issues that people want to see work for the best of the society. So I concur with Mr. Derek on almost practically everything he said. Uh, and uh, Mr. Derek, I'll give you the opportunity for a final word very briefly. We are just around at the end of this segment. Well, I mean, as, as you said, uh, Mr. Murdoch, um, I think that this is, as Mr. Brathwaite has indicated, is a great opportunity for, for the government to, to, to put their foot down on this issue in relation to um, miscreants and in, within the police force, and the public is crying out for, for 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 it to be done. We want to see these things cleaned up and done in a very efficient and transparent manner, so that you can rebuild confidence and trust and respect and admiration for the police force and in what it does. You see, when these things happen, when the police force go out and asks for the public to assist them, the public is not going to assist them because they don't have any confidence that they're doing. They have first of all, honest persons in there, and secondly, that they're going to do things in a proper manner. So this, this issue has to be done and, um, in a, efficiently and quickly and publicly so that everybody starts to feel that, well, things are happening within our police force to make it better. Uh, with that, we're going to end this segment here. I want to say thank you to both our guests. Uh, we were joined, of course, by Attorney-at-Law Mr. Colin Derrick. Uh, of course, he's a former senator and cabinet minister, uh, also a former minister of state. And we say thank you as well to Dr. George Brathwaite, lecturer in the Department of Government, Sociology, Social Work, and Psychology at the UE Caveville. He is a former consultant editor of the Caribbean Times. Thanks to both of you gentlemen for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much. And Happy New Year to Antigua and Barbuda. Thank you very much, and happy. And I hope your elections go well, Mr. Brassett. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mr. Derry. <laughs> thank you.